0: Uh, Well, this morning, my original intention was to just continue on with the series that we were in, Um, but uh, uh, early on this week, I was just kind of being impressed with the number of um, uh, this past year, our church body has experienced uh, some losses, um, particularly a lot of moms uh, who have come to go be with the Lord, and um, just with the realities of that, I just figured let's just hit hit the pause button and just take a time to... To celebrate moms, um, something we all have in common, every one of us in here is that uh, we have a mom um, and uh, there's a legacy um, that gets built up and so much of it has to do with, uh, with mom, uh, mother figures. Uh, and, and so Mother's Day um, is one of those days that's probably one of the more difficult uh, holidays to shop for. Uh, you may have found that out. Um, uh, maybe you found it a challenge to to shop for mom um, this Mother's Day. Uh, we can't always be sure what the, what the right gift is for mom, but oftentimes uh, we've learned the hard way what it's not. Um, so I, I came across a few tips uh, that were kind of fun, and uh, they may particularly apply to some of the husbands here in the house this morning, but uh, five tips for for buying from mom. The first one is this, avoid all things useful. So a new washing machine is out. That is not going to make the cut. It doesn't matter how efficient it is. Um, it doesn't matter how good a price you got it, you will end up in trouble if you go out and purchase something useful. Now, that's in contrast to Father's Day. You buy your dad a set of tools, and he is a ha- happy camper, uh, but we're, we're not there today. This is Mother's Day. So, uh, number two, don't buy clothing that involves sizes, okay? Because Chances are 10,000 to one that you're not going to pick out the right size, and she will be offended the other 9,999 times, and you're going to hear things like, do I look like a size 16? Um, and, and too small doesn't cut, you know, that get you in trouble too. What, what, you know, I haven't, I haven't worn size eight in 20 years, um, whatever it is, number three, uh, don't Buy anything remotely related to weight loss or (laughs) self-improvement. So that six-month membership to the gym, no, will get you in trouble. What are you trying to say about my figure, right? Uh, Number four, don't buy jewelry because the jewelry she wants you can't afford. And the jewelry you can afford she doesn't want. Okay, and finally... Um, don't spend too much, how do you think we're going to afford that? Um, but don't spend too little because she won't say anything, but she'll think, is, is that all I'm worth? <laughs> so uh, just a little bit of fun. Um, we may struggle uh, to know how to express our appreciation for the moms in our lives, but there is no doubt that they are appreciated. We do appreciate them. The impact a mother makes, it's almost impossible to, to articulate. Um, Albert Einstein once wrote about uh, his mom and the impact uh, that she made in his life. He said this, I, I did not have my mother long, but she cast over me an influence which has lasted all my life. The good effects of her early training I can never lose. If, I had, if it had not been for her appreciation and her faith in me at a critical time in my experience, I should never likely have become an inventor. I was always a careless boy, and with a mother of a different mental caliber, I should have turned out badly. But her firmness, her sweetness, her goodness were potent powers to keep me in the right path. To sum it up, my mother was the making of me. And I, I, I love that last line, my mother was the making of me. I feel like that just encapsulates what moms do. Moms make lives. They just play this huge role in the people that, uh, that we become and turn into. And so this morning, what I want to do is just look at one example in Scripture of one mom's influence and see how God worked through her life in significant and meaningful ways. Uh, her name was Eunice. Eunice. Uh, not, a, not a name we hear too often these days, uh, but she was a guy named Timothy's mother. And um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, highlights the impact that she made in Timothy's life when he, wrote, uh, when, when he wrote a letter to him. So if you have a Bible, you can open it up to 2 Timothy chapter 1. It'll also be right here behind me. And uh, we're going to start in verse 3. And, and the Apostle Paul is just highlighting it, just young Timothy, he's a young guy, highlighting his spiritual heritage and, and how it went, when it came to matters of faith, <clears throat> Timothy's mom, uh, this dear lady Eunice, was the making of him. And so as we walk through this passage and hear this story, we're, we're going to stop and just unpack here's some of the things that she poured into his life. Here's what we can all learn uh, from one mom's example on how to live out faith and to live a faith that can be passed on from generation one to another. So it says this, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now... I am sure it dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So the first point I want to make <clears throat> is, to, um, is, to, is, is the point that we live in the real, um, not the ideal, and I'm going to see how this applies to uh, Timothy and, and his family situation. But in each of our lives, uh, there is a gap. There's a gap that exists between the reality, the way it is in our lives, and the ideal, the way that we wish and would like it to be. Um, these, these realities that make doing what needs to get done somewhat of a challenge in one way or another. So, um, this story about Timothy actually starts out in the book of Acts, and it describes how Paul and Timothy first met. And it says in Acts chapter 16, verse 1, that, that Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, and here's what it says, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. So, what we learned about Timothy is that he grew up in a in, in a spiritually splintered household so so Mom was a devout Jewish woman who came to trust in Christ Jesus as her Messiah. but Dad uh, wasn't on the same page; she was this pagan Greek guy who didn't seem to take any interest in the things of God and so there were some challenges to expressing faith in that household. There were some challenges that she had to work through and and so we'll we'll just Hit the pause button and say for, for just a minute what, what God's best is for our lives is if you're a believer, is to marry a believer. Um, that's, that's God's clear call. Call um, we, we, we We're told in 2 Corinthians 6.14 to not be yoked together with unbelievers. And the idea is that if, if you don't have Jesus in common, there's, there's going to come this time where you're going to find yourself working through some very different challenges in very different ways that can cause a lot of challenges. Uh, we've already looked at this issue just a couple of weeks back in 1 Corinthians. Uh, when, when you and your spouse are on different pages spiritually, it impacts life and faith in all kinds of ways. So, so that is God's best. Uh, that's the target we strive to hit. But be that as it may, for many people, for many different reasons, that's not reality. That's the ideal. It's not the real. And if that's the case, it may be a challenge to, to raise children in the things of God. But what we learned from this mom's example is to not let that become an excuse, to get, fo- to get busy working in the real. Um, in the midst of this household, Eunice, um, Timothy's mom, along with grandmother Lois, uh, passed on a living faith. To her son Timothy. And so maybe we'll just stop and say uh, we want to not only applaud mothers, but also grandmothers uh, this Mother's Day as well, right? Uh, there is no blessing like a godly grandma. Uh, there's this incredible ministry platform that grandparents have uh, the privilege of exercising in their families. And we thank God for you. Um, but be that as it may, no matter what the situation is in your life, um, I know that in all of our lives, there are particular circumstances they 're going to look different for each of us. that may get a challenge to live faith out, to pass faith on uh, maybe you 're a single mom, maybe your spouse has to has to work and is away from the home more than usual. Uh, maybe your living situation isn 't ideal maybe there 's been some some moral collapses around you that have made things really tough. Uh, I I will tell you this, every parent in every household, there are some kind of extenuating circumstances that are going to tempt us all to play this if-only card. I don't know if you ever play the if-only card. Uh, If only this was different, then I could really do that right if only this situation was different then i could really invest spiritually in things if only if only things were ideal then i could do what i know i'm supposed to do when we play the if only card what we're asking for is that our lives would turn into a fairy tale uh, a fairy tale you know and i guarantee you regardless of how things might seem in the outside none of us are living a fairy tale We've all got challenges to work through. And it seems like Timothy's mom, she didn't waste a whole lot of time, you know, feeling sorry for herself or feeling bad about the situation because it wasn't the way it could have been. She chose instead to just trust God in the situation she was in. And that's where God met her. And that's where he meets all of us as well. So take note of that. He doesn't just meet us after everything gets figured out and everything is lined up exactly the way we'd like it to be. If, if that's what we're waiting for, we're going to be waiting for a very long time. So, so take home number one for all of us is to be men and women who say, right here, right now, I'm going to trust God to meet me where I'm at. I'm going to grab hold of all of the grace, all of the strength that he's holding out for me Today, regardless of how neat or how messy things are appear at the moment. So, so that's, that's the take-home number one, uh, to choose to live in the real instead of the ideal. There's a second take-home, um, is, uh, is that Timothy's mom chose to model sincere faith. And that's the faith that got reproduced in the life of Timothy. Uh, the faith she modeled and that she lived out was the same faith that her son uh, took hold of. And, and that holds true as a pattern for all of us as parents. Uh, the kind of faith we model and cultivate and live out is going to make an impression. It's going to leave a mark um, on the kind of faith our children and the, and the oncoming generations are going to take hold of. So it says in verse, in verse 5, uh, Paul talks about Timothy's faith as being sincere and he says that same sincerity, that that was a defining mark of his mother and even his grandmother as well. Now, that Greek word for sincere, it's, a, it's, a, it's the prefix on, which means without, added to the word hypocritos. And if that sounds vaguely familiar, it's where we get the word hypocrite from. So it's meaning don't have hypocrisy. Um, so in the first century, that word, hypocrite, uh, was the word they would use to describe a stage actor, right? The person who would come on a stage and perform an act. And so a good actor, they said, was a hypocrite. They were skilled at pretending to be something they weren't. And an inexperienced actor, on the other hand, that was someone who was sincere. Uh, They just weren't good at pretending to be something they weren't. And that's the goal, right? Don't pretend to be something you're not. Be who you are on the outside, who you are in the inside. That was the kind of faith that, that Timothy saw in his mom. She lived it out on a day-to-day basis. She wasn't putting on a show. The faith that she lived out, it, it was the real deal. And so if we can kind of unpack, what does that look like? How do we, how do we understand what that is? There's a few things that sincere faith is on the one hand, and that it's not on the other hand. So to clarify, the first point is that sincere faith, it's not perfect, but it is honest, right? So that's clarification number one. It's its not about never falling short. It's not about never messing up. If that were the litmus test, if that were the requirement, then none of us would qualify. Um, but sincere faith is... Maybe it's seen more on how do we respond when we do mess up, right? Do we make excuses or do we own our failures? Do we take it out on everyone else or do we take it to God and ask him to show us what he wants us to see? You see, seeing that honesty and watching God mature us as works in progress as we all are, that's a a gift that we give to those around us. Uh, Second thing is sincere faith. It's not isolated. It is integrated. So the idea is that it's not just compartmentalized to this one area of life that, you know, let me take out my faith. It's Sunday morning. I'm going to do my church thing, and I'll do my faith thing from 10 to 11 o'clock, and then I get out of church, drive away, and put that faith back on the shelf, close that drawer. No, it's integrated. It bleeds into every area. It's not just... One thing that you do, genuine faith, sincere faith, it makes a difference in all that we do and even the things that we choose not to do. So isolated faith, uh, I guess you could say that's what allowed Christianity and, and bigotry uh, to coexist for, for such a long time, for generations. Um, and integrated faith is willing to make those hard right choices even when they're not popular, even when they're not convenient. It's the right thing to do, and you do it. Uh, Integrity, it's a matter of being the same person all the time, and who I am in public is the person that I am in private. Uh, So we're all works in process and integrating that. But um, the third thing is that sincere faith. It's not prideful, it's humble. So there's this humility that comes with with sincere faith. And, and, and there's a pride that sets in when it's not the real thing. And I guess you could say that's why Jesus over and over again would just rail against the Pharisees. He had such a problem with them because they were so sure and so smug. They had it all figured out. And they had contempt on everyone else who didn't see things as they saw them, they were inferior to them. So true humility, it's not about being uncertain, it's about, not about not having convictions. There is conviction, there's passion, uh, but at the same time, there's this, there's this recognition that, you know what, I'm still a work in progress. I haven't arrived. I'm still learning things. I'm, I'm making space in my life to grow and to learn. I don't have it all figured out. Uh, so if you want to make a difference in the world or in your home, right, just Cultivate genuine, sincere faith. Uh, We all know there's no shortage of spiritual actors, uh, phonies who are putting on a show, and and we don't need to add to that. Um, And so we have the opportunity to do it for ourselves, to do it for those that we love, because our expression is always going to leave an impression. Our expressions of faith are leaving an impression on the one's who are watching us. And this is a reminder, right, that our lives speak. It's not just the words that we say. It's the life that we live. Faith is as much caught as it is taught. So, so what we do matters just as much, maybe more, than, than what we say. And nothing speaks so loud and clear as a mother or a father who are simply surrendered to the Holy Spirit making space to let him do his good work and work that out in our lives so those around us uh, can see life change taking shape in us, imperfect vessels who are growing. So, so this mom, uh, she made an impact in the real instead of the ideal. She made an impact by cultivating sincere faith. And, and finally, she did it by passing on what was of ultimate importance uh, to her son. So the passage, it talks about this sincere faith also being a residing faith. And, and so Paul charts the progression here that this faith, He says, first it lived in your grandmother Lois, and then it said it lived in your mother Eunice, and then Paul says, I'm convinced that it went on to live in Timothy, in you as well. And that word lived. Uh, it literally means to dwell or to take up residence. So, so living faith had found its way into Timothy's heart. The Holy Spirit had found in him a place to call home. Uh, you know, for us, it's been quite a while since we've done any house hunting. Uh, we've been living here in Carmel in our current home for over 20 years now. And I do remember, though, when we were house shopping and how exhausting that process was. I don't want to go through that again uh, for a while. It's a challenge to find the right place to call home. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that I drew, I, I drove our realtor crazy uh, more than once. Because there were a few times we'd be, we'd be driving up to a particular place and we saw the ad on paper... And it looked kind of interesting. And the realtor, you know, of course, you've got to make arrangements. You've got to set an appointment with the homeowner. They've got to get the place set. They've got to leave the premises so we can look at the house. And there were a couple of times when, you know, we, we got up to the driveway. And I knew in an instant, I don't even want to go. I don't want to waste my time. I know this is not going to work for us, whatever it was. And I'm like to the realtor, do we really need to get out of the car right can can we just go on to the next house because time is just of the essence, and maybe it was just the the road it was on was not the road we wanted to be on, it was a bad location or or something that just didn't sit right and i you know that was all I needed to know this is not for me uh, now in some way, um, faith kind of works like that right uh, our our hearts our lives can be ordered and arranged in such a way that that the Holy Spirit feels at home, says, this is, this is the kind of place I could live in. This is a place I could dwell. And, and as parenting, as, as a Christian, it's about preparing the hearts of our children to be that kind of place where living faith could reside. Um, there's all kinds of ways to go about doing that, training, teaching setting up boundaries, pouring into the lives of our children, praying with them, praying for them, teaching them, pointing them to rely on God um, in ways they're able to grasp. And a core part of Eunice's parenting strategy was to saturate her son in Scripture. Later on in chapter 3, Paul points out that from infancy, Timothy had known the Holy Scriptures, which he says are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. She was pouring into his life from the time he was an infant. That's amazing. I remember uh, when our kids were just out of, just just so in the infancy stage, Diane would sing scripture to them, uh, pour into them even before they were born. Uh, Timothy's mom gave him that gift of pouring scripture into his life, giving him a biblical worldview. God's word was everywhere. And he grew up with, with boundaries and guidelines and place for his life. And, and at some point, we don't know when it was, but this time came where he had the opportunity to grow up, to make his own choices and choose for himself. Here's how I want to live. Here's the convictions I want to hold by. Here's, here's what I believe in. And he grabbed hold of the living Lord, Jesus Christ. All that groundwork that had been laid, the natural next step for him was to take faith, take hold of this faith that he had seen uh, in the life of his mother. Now, of course, um, if only there were a formula, right? If I do this A, B, and C, then I know my children will follow that up and take that next step. There are no formulas, but uh, I would say there are opportunities for all of us to cooperate with God, to nurture and guide and direct those who are in our lives, whether they be our own children, uh, whether they be friends and acquaintances, whoever it be. And um, the reality is this, we're all passing something on. And, and this is this is the thing we're going to say. This is what matters most. This is what I want you to have. The question is, what is it? Right. Look at where you spend your time. Look at the things that you invest in. For some, it's, it's sports. That's what matters. Hobbies, that's what matters. Educational opportunities, that's what matters. Let me remind us all of something this morning. Nothing matters more than knowing that your children are going to be with you, not just for the next couple of decades, but for eternity in heaven. And so if your definition of success doesn't revolve around your spirituals your your children's spiritual destination their 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 spiritual life then let's let's make it straight something needs to shift in that definition that is the greatest gift that hope of eternity that legacy of faith that's what matters more than anything else so to all the moms out there this mother's day we say thank you. Uh, we cannot thank you enough. Thank you for the tireless work, uh, for the patience, for the gentleness, for the sensitivity, for even you know having to bash us over the head when we need that, um, for the ways that you serve selflessly. Today's a great day uh, to say what's true every day, that, that we need you and I know a lot of moms, you may feel overlooked. You may feel underappreciated or unappreciated. And so maybe today can just be that day, don't forget how much you matter. How your presence in the lives of your children are making them into the people they are and to the people they'll become. And so with the gracious help of almighty God, let's just uh, say, "Don't, don't stop moms. Keep it up. Stay locked into the real, not just the ideal. Nurture and cultivate that sincere faith and and pass it on so this next generation, we can respond in faith to the grace that's shown through Jesus Christ. So much of that happens through the vessel of just a mom who surrendered. Our moms are the making of us. Let's pray.